back to the podcast, you guys. I'm so excited about today's interview. Kendra Perry is a functional nutritional practitioner and online business coach who helps up and coming health coaches grow their practice with the utilization and implementation of hair tissue mineral analysis. She is the creator of the HTMA expert training course that trains health practitioners how to interpret HTMA like a pro and confidently create protocols that transform the lives of their clients. So welcome to the show, Kendra. Thank you for having me. I am super pumped up to be here. (laughs) I am too. So I'm just going to give a little recap of what this show is going to be about today. Obviously, you are a hair tissue mineral analysis expert. (laughs) So we actually are going to look at my chart. So a couple of weeks ago, I chopped off a chunk of my hair that was very scary. It's actually a very small amount of hair, but when you're cutting your own hair, it's quite scary. (laughs) Yes, it's terrifying. (laughs) I even recruited my husband to do it because it's like I was trying to get the back of my head and I didn't want to accidentally cut like a huge portion. And he was like, no, I can't do it. So I ended up having to do it myself. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. I always make my boyfriend do it because the few times I've done it myself, I cut like three times the amount of hair I needed. And I was like, crap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did that too. But you know, I like to be an overachiever. Um, So anyways, so I cut off, I think it's, is it like a teaspoon of hair? Yeah. It's about a teaspoon. I can't remember the the weight, but yeah, I think they call it a heaping teaspoon, but that's really hard to picture in terms of hair. Yeah. So it's really cool because the the set or the whatever you sent me, it has a little like scale on it. So you can like measure and make sure you have the right amount of hair. And then I sent it into the lab and now we have my results, which I honestly have no idea what any of this means. So what we're going to do like the first half of this episode is kind of talk about my results, but I'm going to keep it broad in a way that even if you haven't ever done hair tissue mineral analysis before, you can kind of use the information to apply to yourself and maybe know if this is a type of testing that you want to get done or that you want to do in your own practice. And then we'll talk about your HTMA certification course at the end. So I'm really excited. First, would you want to just tell us a little bit about you and like how you found this type of testing and like what kind of drew you to it in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, Amy, I don't know if you know this, but I've been following you since your like adrenal reset detox days, like way back. So. No way. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're an OG. It's totally an OG. Like it's <laughs> at the time when I was health coaching, I was looking into that niche. I was trying to find other people who were doing the same thing. And that's actually how I found you. So it's very much a full circle moment for me. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I got into health coaching you know, because I had my own health issues. I was struggling with cystic acne and insomnia and anxiety and energy issues. So I started kind of looking for alternative methods and eventually decided that, hey, I could be a health coach. I'm really passionate about this. And the first program that I did was the functional diagnostic nutrition course. I was always really interested in the lab work. And I went through this course and I did all the protocols personally. And I did see a lot of improvement. You know, I saw improvement in my digestive health. Um, Anxiety went away, which was really cool. My skin cleared up. But the one thing that just stuck was this chronically low energy. And I'm talking like a two out of 10 for energy. Like some days I would just literally be on the couch all day. And this is me in like my late 20s. So I'm like, you know, what the hell? Like, why is this happening? And so I was grateful for what helped me with those other labs that I did with the FDN course. But I was sort of on the search to figure out, well, why was my energy so low? And like, what did I need to do 
to make it better. And eventually I sort of stumbled on hair tissue mineral analysis in my like, you know, crazy internet research I was doing and heavy metals. And I started thinking, well, maybe I have mineral imbalances. Maybe I have heavy metal toxicity. So I wanted to learn about the HTMA test, but I had a total like bitch of a time trying to learn it because there's sort of a lack of resources. Um, I would say hair tissue mineral analysis has a bit of a bad reputation online. There's a lot of people calling it quackery and all that. So I wasn't even sure if it was legit, but I really wanted to learn it. So I took all the training courses I could, but none of them really taught me how to actually utilize it. They kind of taught me, well, this is how you understand it. But like, what do you actually do with the results? So I ended up having to hire all these like experts in the field and spent all this money to try to figure it out. But when I implemented the techniques and the protocols with myself, this actually shifted my energy. It turns out I had severe copper toxicity. I had really depleted potassium. Uh, I had lots of metal toxicity just from my previous life planting trees, which meant I was getting exposed to a ton of mercury and pesticides and that sort of thing. So when I actually started to balance my minerals and detox metals, that's where I managed to get to like a six or seven out of 10 for energy. And that was huge for me. That was like me going from lying on the couch all day to being able to go outside in the mountains and like actually enjoy my life. So at the same time, I was working with clients and I had like, you know, the sort of 20% of my clients who just weren't getting results, no matter how much we like cleaned up their gut and tried to balance their hormones, they were severely estrogen dominant. I was niching in female hormone imbalance at the time. And they just like, we would do all the estrogen lowering stuff. We'd clean up their gut. And like a year later, their estrogen levels were still through the roof. And I was really stumped by this. So once I learned HTMA and I started using it with my clients, this is where I really saw these people start to shift because as it turns out, copper toxicity, which is a very common issue for women, drives a lot of hormonal issues. So when we actually detox the copper and balance their minerals, that's when I really started to see their estrogen levels come down and actually started to see these women get results. So I was like totally sold, totally obsessed. And you know, I also love this test because it's very accessible, very affordable. It's like a fraction of the price of most functional testing, which can literally run you thousands of dollars. So I saw that other health coaches in my community were really interested in H2A, but they were having a lot of the same issues as me in wanting to learn it just because there was that lack of education. So they started hiring me to mentor them. And then they just kept asking me, when are you going to create a course? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to create this course. And I've been sort of doing that ever since. That's such a good point too. I mean, just on the topic of online course creation, when you get really niche with the thing that you're working on, people will literally ask you for the course that they want you to create. It's like, you don't really have to think about it. Your audience will ask you for what they want and what they want to pay you for, which I think is just so, so cool. And I just love the idea of being able to do any sort of testing and get really specific on like Mm -hmm. putting where I might be out of balance or things like that. But are there certain symptoms that like, would you be able to pinpoint as like, this would be somebody who's a really good candidate to get testing? Yeah. I mean, I personally think HTMA can help with like anyone. It's good for everyone. But you know, if you're someone who's struggling a lot with like low energy or digestive issues or anxiety, like these are things that HTMA really, I find shines in because that lack of electrolytes, which is just minerals can really drive things like anxiety and mood swings and just not having the energy because minerals are actually involved in all the energy cycles in the body. So I would say it's a really great test for even anyone who's just stuck 
people who they think they're doing all the right things. They're like, I eat healthy. I'm going to bed early. I exercise. I'm meditating, but I still have this one thing that's just not shifting. Like this can actually be a really great starting point because sometimes just a small shift in the balance of the minerals can be the thing that really makes a difference in that like super frustrating symptom that you're experiencing. Totally. I wish I would have known about this years ago because I felt like I was one of those people who almost was like obsessively healthy about the things that I was doing. Like I was doing everything to Mm -hmm. a T that every expert told me that I should do. And I was still just exhausted all the time. And I think it would have been so helpful to be like, okay, this is the exact, you know, imbalance or toxicity or whatever (laughs) that you have. Yeah, I agree. It just like having that information is great because I know there's a lot of health coaches out there and they're not doing functional testing and maybe they're intimidated by it or they don't have training in it. And you can still help people with basic health coaching, but you're always going to come across those people where you're like, this person's not getting results and I feel like they're compliant. Like I feel like they're really trying. And you know, what are you going to tell that person? Like, do it better, do it harder. You're lying, right? It's like for some people, you just need a little bit more information because it can really save you a lot of time of trial and error and just guessing because without some sort of data point or some sort of test, we're literally like, oh, well, maybe it's your liver. Oh, maybe it's your gut. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I mean, you can waste a lot of time and money of your clients without having like anything to kind of guide what you're doing with them. Yeah, totally. So another thing that I think is really fascinating that I had no idea until you told me after you got my results is that you can actually from HTMA, you can tell things about a person's personality or Mm -hmm. how they are emotionally and how they react to stress from their hair sample. Like, how is that possible? (laughs) Can you can you elaborate on this? Yeah, well, it's interesting because like minerals can very much affect mood. A good example is copper. Copper is actually coined the emotional mineral because when it gets toxic, it can actually accumulate in the brain and cause a lot of mental health issues. So people who have copper toxicity, they often feel quite crazy. Uh, They feel really fired up. They might feel panicky. They can feel like they're literally on an emotional roller coaster. And one of my mentors actually believes that the high divorce rate might be linked to copper toxicity because it just makes people totally insane which is really interesting. The other thing that you can tell too is based off of the metabolic type, which is something we can get into, uh, you can kind of tell like whether someone's like a type A personality or maybe they're a little bit more reserved. I can usually pick up that. I can also get a good idea if someone may have ongoing trauma in their body by the balance between sodium and potassium, which is really fascinating. And in your case, Amy, because you have very high calcium, sometimes that can make someone feel very disconnected or unattached, or they just kind of feel a bit dead inside sometimes. No, it's not always the case. Maybe that's not how you feel, but I do see that quite frequently. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. Okay. So that's a good segue to maybe we can dive into my chart a little bit more. And speaking of the, I think it's the metabolic type that you mentioned. I saw Mm -hmm. that mine is um, slow one. Mm -hmm. So how many metabolic types are there and what does that mean? Okay. So there's basically three primary patterns. What's really interesting about hair tissue mineral analysis is the minerals don't actually deposit randomly in the hair. They actually deposit in specific patterns. And once you look at enough of these, you'll start to recognize the patterns. And with the hair, the hair is just dead cells. So really we're just looking at the mineral content inside the cell. 
But basically what you'll see on a panel is you'll see slow one to four and fast one to four, but really we kind of define that down into three primary patterns, which is a slow metabolic type, a fast metabolic type, and then there's sort of a transitionary phase, which we won't go into too much because that's a little bit more advanced. But primarily we're looking at slow and fast. And again, this just refers to the speed of the metabolism. If you're too slow, you're probably breaking down things faster or slower than what is needed for optimal function. And if you're fast, it's opposite. Now, what's really fascinating about this, Amy, is 40 years ago when HTMA was first kind of getting going, it was 50-50 split in the human population between slow metabolic types or fast metabolic types. Today, it's about 80 to 90% slow. So you are right in that 80 to 90%. I like to call the slow oxidizers, but it's kind of like your groundhog day of HTMA. You see them all the time, but your fast is more like your unicorn. Like you never see them. And when you do, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. And it's just because a lot of things that have to do with like modern society are really pushing people into a slower metabolic type. And just because you're slow, it doesn't mean you're overweight. I know a lot of people associate metabolism with being overweight, but it doesn't matter. Like a fast person can be just as overweight as a slow or just as thin as a slow. It doesn't really always affect weight, but how you can actually, and I think Amy, you're going to link to your results in the show notes, correct? I think what I'll do is I'll maybe you guys, this is a good opportunity to join the Facebook group. If you're not in there yet, I'm going to share a screenshot of my results so that if you're listening to this podcast, you can also be looking at my chart to like, see what it looks like just to make it a little bit more clear for you. Totally. Yeah. And I'll do my best to explain this. But basically, when you have a slower metabolic type, what happens is you have slower activity of adrenal and thyroid gland. And that actually has a really big effect on sodium and potassium. So for example, when you have slower adrenal activity, you produce less of a hormone called aldosterone. And the primary role of aldosterone is to hold on to or retain sodium. So slower adrenal function means less aldosterone means that you have lower levels of sodium. And with lower thyroid production, you end up getting this lower retention of potassium. So slow oxidizers will always have low sodium and potassium, at least compared to calcium magnesium. And if you look at Amy's chart, you'll see that sodium potassium are significantly lower than calcium magnesium. Now we're going to get slightly nerdy here, but the sodium potassium, they are the primary solvents of the body. They actually help things dissolve, help keep things in solution. So when you don't have enough sodium potassium, it really affects calcium magnesium. So without good levels of sodium potassium, calcium and magnesium do not dissolve properly. And so they actually don't end up getting where they belong. Now in terms of calcium, calcium is a structural element, which means that we want like all of it primarily to be in the bone. But when you have low levels of sodium potassium, calcium can't get into the bone and it will start building up outside the bone, which would be the soft tissue, which is the hair, which is why we see it high in the hair. But that can also be joints, muscles, the brain, organs, for example. And I don't know if you can picture like if anyone has ever had hard water where the calcium levels are really hard, you actually get that buildup of calcium. It's like this hard, like calcified shell. That's literally what happens in the body. So you get these calcium deposits, which are very problematic because it's hard and it's sharp. And so for some people who have really high calcium um, and are slow oxidizers like Amy, sometimes they'll experience pain, like joint pain, muscle pain, just pain in general. They'll feel stiff. They won't move well. And I've actually seen a lot of 
people who have fibromyalgia actually have this elevated calcium situation. And that's just because the sodium and potassium aren't optimal. And I'm trying to think of other things that would be calcium deposits, but it could manifest as um, kidney stones, could manifest as bone spurs, for example. Uh, In a more extreme situation, it could manifest as blockages in the arteries. And that can be primarily driven by calcium. And then you'll also see with Amy's chart that she has that higher magnesium. So again, that's because the magnesium is just not getting absorbed properly. And I know, Amy, I've seen on your stories that you really feel good from taking magnesium. This is why. And so you'll notice your magnesium is very high and you're like, okay, but it looks like I have enough magnesium, but we would call that magnesium loss. So it's basically magnesium getting dumped out of your body because your body's not absorbing it. So you're saying I have high amounts of magnesium, but it's just not like getting to where it needs to be. Is that correct? That is correct. It's called a loss pattern. And this is always like one of the more confusing concepts with my students. But basically, just because something's high on the panel doesn't mean it's high in the body. It could be that the body's dumping it. And really with HTMA, it's like you really have to understand the interactions between the minerals to be able to really pick this up. But because of how I know that sodium potassium have this effect on magnesium, I can look at yours and know that that elevated magnesium is actually a loss of magnesium. You are losing magnesium and you have a really high need for it. Mm, Oh my gosh, that is so interesting. And it's really just going back to what you said about the calcium, I definitely have noticed more pain, like especially Mm -hmm. from just ergonomically when I'm working, like my wrists and my hips and things like that, just being Mm -hmm. not. And I mean, I didn't know if it was like, maybe I'm just, you know, this is a normal part of like getting older, you know, I'm like 30, but still I'm like, I don't really know. Um, But that's really, really good and interesting to know. So is there anything else Were those kind of like the glaring things that you would pull from my chart? Or is there anything else that is kind of standing out? Because I think maybe I read this on your website or in one of your YouTube videos that I watched that you can also tell things about stomach acid levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you do have a few other glaring patterns. Now, one you probably notice is your cobalt is off the charts. It's like it's you know way above. And cobalt is a really fascinating mineral because cobalt actually sits in the middle of vitamin B12, the sort of name for vitamin B12 would be like methylcobalamin and that cabal is that cobalt. And so that mineral just sits right in the middle of that vitamin. Now, in order for you to properly absorb B12, you need to have good stomach acid. You don't have good stomach acid. That B12 gets malabsorbed and then that cobalt will build up. So that high cobalt actually tells me that you have low stomach acid. I know you mentioned some digestive issues in your intake. So Focusing on stomach acid and figuring out why your stomach acid is low would be really helpful for that. The other thing that cobalt tells me about is liver stress. This is a big sign that your liver is struggling, which unfortunately for many of us, you know, we're getting exposed to a lot of things. So doing a series of liver detoxes would be really helpful for you, but also cleaning up your environment. Uh, I know you live in Los Angeles, so I'm sure like air quality is a big thing for you guys. Investing in an air filter could be very helpful. Um, making sure you are reducing your exposure in your home in terms of personal care products and cleaning products, for example, and then even filtering. I think you mentioned in your intake that you drink tap water and that could be a big cause of this as well because tap water is usually just filled with all kinds of crap. Yes. Well, you'll be happy to know I actually just got a fancy water filter. It's called the, I know people will ask, so I'll tell you, it's called Radiant Life. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one or what you think about it, but I was kind of comparing a bunch of different ones. A bunch of people recommended Berkey, but that one was quite expensive. And Mm -hmm. I think I heard some other negative things about it. So I don't know if you have a recommendation for people for water filter, but... 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really happy to hear that you're filtering your water because that is actually the primary way that we are getting exposed to all kinds of chemicals like chlorine and fluoride and then heavy metals, pesticides, and even drug residues. Because in cities, people are taking all kinds of prescription drugs. They pee those drug residues back into the water. That actually ends up back in the water system. Nobody filters for that. So just filtering your water can significantly reduce your exposure. And a lot of the metals that I saw high might actually go down if you were to do this test again in like five months. Now, I'm not sure about the Radiant Life water filter. I haven't heard of that one. I agree with you with Berkey. I think there's been some bad press about Berkey lately. It's not my favorite, but the one I do love is called Pure Effect Filters. Um, This is the one that I have. It's a little bit more expensive and it doesn't work for everyone because they don't have a canister filter. You have to attach it to your tap. So sometimes if you're in a rental, that doesn't work, but it is a fantastic filter because it gets rid of the highest amount of toxins, but it also maintains the mineral structure of the water. And we really want to be drinking water that is rich in minerals as possible. Amazing. Well, I will definitely link to that one in the show notes if people want to go check it out. All right, you guys, raise your hand if 2020 is going to be the year that you finally create, launch, and sell your own profitable online course. I know that if you're anything like I was only three short years ago, and you want to work from wherever you are, you want to scale your business without seeing one-on-one clients, you want to generate passive income, and the possibility of unlimited income potential is really exciting to you, The answer is creating your own online course, okay? You guys know how obsessed I am with online courses because it's how I've created my business up until this point and I want to share with you all of the juicy deets on how you can do it in your own business. So I've created a free three-part video series for you guys that will help you figure out, number one, if an online course is right for you and also who online courses are not for, You're also going to learn how to set and hit a big income goal with your online course, even if you have a small audience. I'm gonna teach you my formula for making $5,000 a month with your online course, even if you're starting from scratch. You're gonna learn how to grow an audience and email list quickly to sell your online course too. And the strategy that I use that literally has my students saying, take my money, Amy. (laughs) I'm not kidding, you guys. You're also going to learn my tips for increasing sales during your online course launch, as well as answering the very scary question, what if nobody buys? Last but not least, in this free training, you're going to learn how to choose a profitable online course topic. This training is so good, you guys. I should be charging for it, but I'm not because I love you and I want you to know just how possible it is for you to make your financial and business dreams come true this year. So to sign up, head over to rebelnutrition.com forward slash video series. Again, that is rebelnutrition.com forward slash video series. As always, the link will also be in the show notes. And keep in mind too, that this three-part video training is only going to be available for a limited time. So make sure to sign up and watch it before it expires by heading over to rebelnutrition.com forward slash video series. All right. So you've talked about kind of some of the glaring things that you see in my chart. Now, what can you tell me? And this is where I think I saw this on your website too, that sometimes people think that you're like a psychic because you can tell them things about their (laughs) emotions or personality. Just by looking at my chart, what would you be able to tell me about my personality? (laughs) Well, I can tell actually by looking at the balance between your sodium potassium that you're probably type A probably have like a type A, like high energy personality, because that's actually not typical with someone who has a slow metabolic rate. 
Typically with a slow metabolic rate, you'd actually have a low sodium potassium ratio. That's typical. So when that's high, it can actually tell me that you're just one of those really like overachiever, like go, go, go type A personality types, but it can also tell us that there might be some inflammation in the body as well. So there's a few different things that could cause that. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm curious too, like, is that something that changes? Because going back to like before when I was really struggling with adrenal fatigue, I did not feel like I do now, which is like, mm-hmm. go, go, go. I can work a lot. And I know like, you know about human design now too. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of it, I attribute it to figuring out what my passion is, but I also wonder like what else was going on in my body that changed so much because literally, I mean, I can't remember now. It was probably like six, seven years ago. I could barely do anything. Like I couldn't even really work a regular job because I was so tired all the time. Yeah. And I mean, the minerals are always changing. And that's why like anyone who's working with clients, like you do want to be retesting this at regular intervals, like every usually five, six months is a good retest schedule, just because things do shift. And you know, I love that you kind of attribute your energy shift to human design. Um, I thank you for getting me into this because I'm just so fascinated by it. And and learning that I was a projector has been like incredibly shocking and also very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you guys have not taken my little mini course on human design, if you're like, what are they talking about? I will link to that in the show notes. It's basically like a personality type, kind of like astrology based on the day and time and place that you were born. But it can tell you a lot about you know your work style and how you're going to be the most productive because some of us just naturally have more energy than others. So I will link to that in the show notes. But anyways, so I'm just looking through my chart a little bit more. So do you, when you're learning all of this, is it easy to get kind of scared about what you're finding? I mean, like when you're reading your own chart, because I'm looking through some of this and I don't even really understand it, but some of what I'm seeing is like toxic ratios and I'm getting a little bit like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, is this really bad? Like, I don't know what this means. Do you find that people get a little bit panicked or I think you have a really good approach to it. Like you're not scaring me at all, but I think just seeing the information initially is kind of, it can be a little bit frightening. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say it is a bit of an overwhelming test if you don't know how to read it. So I think a lot of new practitioners who are doing this and maybe doing it without the proper training are getting overwhelmed and probably ultimately they're actually recommending the wrong protocols. I see that all the time. And again, it's not their fault. It's just hard to learn. But once you kind of know what you're looking at and you understand the relationships between the minerals, it just kind of like gives you things to work on, right? Like I think you're probably a very healthy person. It sounds like based on your intake, you feel pretty good, but there's a lot of tweaks you can do that can like set you up for success in the future. And, you know, maybe improve some of those other things that are going on. Now, I want to mention the toxic ratios because everyone gets freaked out by this. And if you look at Amy's chart, if you kind of scroll down to the second page, you're going to see in the pink chart that there's these toxic ratios and they're all off the chart. Now, that's not actually a bad thing because what the toxic ratios are is the balance between mineral and metal. So when they're all off the charts, it just tells you that you have a lot of that mineral and not so much of that metal. So we actually do want to see them all high. But the caveat to this is that it could also just mean that you're sequestering metals and you're not able to excrete them. Uh, Just because we don't see metals being high on someone's chart actually doesn't mean that they don't have that metal. It just means that at this point, they're not actively excreting it. Now, with you, Amy, because your metabolic type is actually very slow, like you have a very slow metabolic rate due to that calcium because that calcium is off the charts and it's really um, slowing your metabolism down. 
you actually probably don't have a great ability to actually move metals. So you're probably actually holding on to a lot of them in your body. And just so you know, guys, like everyone's getting exposed to metals. Like they are just so prevalent in our environment. Like you don't have to be involved in some super extreme industrial accident to get exposed to them. We get them through the food we eat, even if you're eating organic air, water, you know, and our environment in general. So, you know, getting that calcium down, Amy, like uh, doing some mineral therapy to get that calcium down and speed up your metabolism is actually going to help you start to move out some metals that might be there that we're just not seeing right now. Okay. Yeah. That was going to lead me into my next question. So if somebody, I mean, I think the main thing on my chart was the high calcium. Are you, can you give just a few simple things that somebody with high calcium or me could start to do to lower that? Or is it strictly like you need to work with somebody on a one-on-one basis to balance that for you? I don't know. I mean, it's always good to know you know, cause everyone's a little bit different and it's going to be a little bit different for everyone, but there are sort of specific like slow oxidizer protocols or slow metabolism protocols. I use the word oxidizer and metabolism sort of interchangeably it means the same thing, but there are specific like slow protocols versus fast. Now, someone in your situation with that slow metabolic profile, what you need a lot of is potassium and sodium, especially potassium. Uh, potassium might be the reason why you have some, some of those digestive issues. Um, it also really plays into things like blood pressure and energy and sleep and things like that. And the thing is, is without that potassium, that calcium is just going to continue to build. So really focusing on high potassium foods, things like coconut water would be fantastic, banana, plantain, avocado, uh, and then even, you know, taking a little bit of supplemental potassium, that's really going to help you. That's going to be incredibly helpful. Now, the other thing that's really going to help you is to take magnesium and also the cofactors of magnesium, which are going to be boron and your boron is low, and also vitamin B6, because those actually help keep magnesium in the cell. And that's where we want magnesium to be is within the cell. But calcium and magnesium have an interesting relationship. They actually push against each other. They're called uh, antagonists, meaning that they compete with each other. So the higher calcium gets above magnesium, the more it drives that magnesium out of the body. And if you go down to the second page in the little blue chart where it says significant ratios, what you'll see is that your calcium is very high above magnesium. So that tells us that your magnesium is being lost for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of things that are pushing magnesium out. So taking magnesium and actually supporting it with those cofactors is actually going to help bring down that calcium as well. Oh, that's so, so fascinating. And I'm curious too, I just have another quick question about magnesium before we move on, but Are there some people, because this is something I've noticed with different types of magnesium, some types of magnesium actually, because I was taking it before bed because, you know, it's supposed to help you sleep. And sometimes when I do that, I feel like it has almost the reverse reaction with me. Like sometimes I'll take magnesium, specifically the natural calm, and I'm like Mm -hmm. wired. Have you ever seen that? Or am I yeah, and natural calm is is actually not the best form. I believe okay. it's a citrate, um, and citrates of any minerals aren't really well absorbed, and mm. it can really like fire up your gut. And if you take too much of it, it, it just gives you diarrhea. Uh, yeah. And it, so it just really it's it's best if you constipation, like take natural calm because that that will help you have more bowel movements. But what you would want to be taking is a glycinate or a biglycinate or a malate. Those would be the better absorbed forms that don't have as much effect on the bowel. And I've heard that a lot with like poor forms of magnesium actually having the opposite effect. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, I don't know if I'm just weird because it seems, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else having a a similar uh, reaction as that, but okay. So speaking of metals, is there anything across the board that you could recommend to people to do to detox and oxidize if any heavy metals that are building up in their system? Like if you could name maybe like three things that the average person could do, even if maybe they haven't gotten tested. Um, Because I think you said that most people have Mm -hmm. some sort of like toxicity, right? Yeah, I absolutely could. And the one thing I think everyone needs to take for life is a binder. And a binder just basically binds to the chemicals and the metals and pulls them out of the body so they don't end up getting deposited like deeper into the body. Um, And a binder would be something I think the one that's people know the most is charcoal. But charcoal is not the best for metals. My favorite one is actually modified citrus pectin. So there's a product that I love called Pectisil C. It's from a company called Econogenics. I put five grams of that powder into my coffee every single morning. And that just taking a binder basically will prevent you from absorbing some of the stuff that you are currently getting exposed to, which is great because it is going to be ongoing for all of us. And that is okay to take for long periods because I have heard about charcoal that it can like leach other minerals, but the the modified citrus pectin doesn't do that. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And that's why like, I love charcoal. If you're trying to bind like pathogens, like if you have like a parasite or yeast, or you've been exposed to mold, like charcoal is great for that, but it can bind to minerals. So if you're going to use something like that, you'd want to pulse it. But the modified citrus pectin, specifically the stuff from Econogenics, because they've done a really good job of modifying, it's modified in such a way that it binds to the metals and chemicals, but it actually doesn't affect the minerals, which is great. So that's why it is good to take long term. You could take it forever. I love it. It's a great product and um, it's easy to take. So you can just mix it in with your coffee. Amazing. The other thing that would be really helpful is to take something that actually stirs up the metals because the binder is just going to bind to things that are already like in the gut basically, or, you know, they're not deposited deeper into the tissues and some metals can get deposited very deeply into the body. An example of that would be lead. Lead goes into the bone. It gets deposited super deep into the bone. And sometimes women don't even know they have lead until they go through menopause and they're getting that bone loss and that lead is starting to come out of the bone. So you want to take something that can help like sort of mobilize the metals and start to kind of stir them up. You can do that with something like Corella, for example. Corella will stir up metals. So will silicon. Uh, silicon, um, you're actually, I think, taking it. I think we talked about this biocell. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that okay? <laughs> yeah. So it's okay to take biocell, but you want to take a binder with it because it's stirring up the metals. But if you're not binding it, they probably mm-hmm. are just going to get redeposited. Okay. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. So silica or biosil, you guys, is what I take for like hair, skin and nails. It's almost like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but as far as I know, I believe it's sort of like a vegan version of, um, it like helps with collagen production. Yeah. It's, and it's marketed for hair, nail and skin. So a lot of women are taking it already for that purpose. Um, now if you took it in higher doses, um, I take the drops, which are kind of disgusting tasting, but you can take up to 10 drops and that will have a bigger effect. The one thing to keep in mind is people can be really sensitive to these. So if this is something you're going to do, start with one drop. And if you get to a point where you're like, I am so tired, it probably means you're moving metals too quickly and you want to reduce your dose. So that's just something to be aware of. So the silica will sort of stir them up, mobilize, and then the uh, modified citrus pectin will bind and take it out of the body. And then the third one, this is so fantastic, is sauna therapy. Sauna therapy is so good for actually helping you sweat out all kinds of things. You can sweat out like mold, you can sweat out chemicals, metals, but that works really, really well. And any sauna will do. Like even if you have a fitness club and you can just go sit in the sauna, 
Or if you have access to an infrared sauna, that's great too. But the point is you want to sweat. Oh my gosh. Okay. Which, if you were going to get one, because I've actually been looking at saunas and now I'm like very interested. Is there an at-home one that you recommend? Yeah. So there's one called High Dose. I believe it's called High Dose. And I think it's made by Clearlight Saunas. That's like the sleeping bag one. Um, I believe it runs around 500 bucks. So it's, you know, it's affordable and it's good for people who maybe are traveling or live in a small space. Uh, Me personally, I have an actual infrared sauna and it was a big investment, but I do not regret it because it's amazing. It makes me feel great. And that one is from um, Sunlighten. Um, They make a really good sauna and so does Clearlight. You want to be really careful with saunas because if you buy a cheap one that's made on some assembly line in China, it's going to be full of toxic glues and it's going to have a really high EMF rating and you're literally going to be microwaving yourself and filling yourself with neurotoxins. So you just want to make sure that it's well made, which means you're probably going to have to spend a little bit more money, but at least it'll have the effect that you want it to have. Okay, cool. And I will definitely link to those in the show notes as well if you guys want to check them out. One other question about moving metals and detoxing is what your thoughts are on the medical medium. I know he has like a heavy metal detox smoothie and I think it has like chlorella and some other, it's got like blueberries. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but I'm curious if you have thoughts on if that works or if that's like kind of a nice idea, but it doesn't really do anything. I know a lot of people follow a medical medium and people are probably going to like hate me for this, but I think a lot of the stuff that he says is not always backed up by science and research. Sure. It helps people. I definitely am on his train with celery juice. Celery juice is actually a great source of potassium. So that would also be good for you, Amy. A lot of people need potassium. So I'm on board with the celery juice, but I've heard a lot of other things. I'm like, I don't know if that's true. Now, a big thing is a lot of people will take things like Corella and like cilantro thinking that, oh, this is helping me detox metals. And sure, it's going to stir them up. But if you're not taking a binder, then you're actually not going to be moving those metals out of the body. Oh, okay. Good to know. Um, Very good to know. And that also might be why I freaking love celery juice so much. My body is like, yes, you need this. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, Okay. So switching gears a little bit, this is so interesting, but I know I have a lot of people listening who are nutritionists or NTPs, or they are in the health world and maybe want to start implementing hair tissue mineral analysis in their practices. So is this something that you would recommend for somebody who really wants to set themselves apart in their business? Because I would imagine that you could also even charge a higher price point because you're able to run testing for people. Is that true? Or can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is if if you're a health coach and, and like you don't do testing, but you're thinking I want to add something in, this is a great starting point because there is so much information you can get from this test. And if you can set up an account directly with the lab, I think the panel costs somewhere around like $51, which is crazy because a lot of tests are $500 plus. So it's really great because it's it's super affordable and you get so much information. Like I can, you can look at thyroid, adrenal, nervous system, blood sugar, the metals, the digestive health, the personality, the stress levels, all that sort of thing. You can get so much information. And I have a lot of people, uh, coaches who've taken my course who are unlicensed. They're just health coaches and they're not functional health coaches, but this is kind of their first test that they've added in. And it can really help you get those better results for your clients, which is going to help your business overall. I've had several uh, students in my course who like tripled their business within like the first six months of adding this into their practice. Because there are a lot of people out there who they've had experiences with like natural paths or other types of nutritionists. And they're like, it didn't work. Like I need more information. I want to actually know what's going on. And you can be the person that has that tool to just give them that 
deeper information into their health. And I think it's probably really nice in terms of client retention, because you can have it on paper, like this is where you're at, these are your levels, and then work with you for a couple months and then retest again. And actually being able to see that improvement is probably really helpful. Do you, how often do you see people needing to retest or how often would you recommend it? Usually five to six months is sort of like the average. Now with certain types of patterns, you might want to retest sooner than that. Every now and then, like it's not, it it can be a complex test. So sometimes you get these patterns where it's like, it's a bit confusing and you don't quite know what's going on. In a case like that, you would probably try something and then retest after maybe three months just to see if you're on track. But I do love the ability to actually track the data and track progress because you're right. It does really help clients basically commit to your protocol because you're actually showing them this is what's wrong. I'm not just guessing that it's your liver or guessing that it's this. I'm like, this is what's going on and this is what we need to work at. And this is what we want to see on your panel moving forward. So somebody who is interested in in bringing this into their practice, I think you mentioned this, but do they need any sort of credentials before becoming an HTMA? What do you consider yourself, I guess, after you go through the course? Yeah, I would just call, I mean, I like to call people HTMA experts or HTMA practitioners, but yeah, it depends. Like the lab that we work with, which is uh, Trace Elements Incorporated, they have certain credentials that they will accept to allow you to set up an account with a lab or not. I have a hard time getting that information from them. So I can't speak exactly to the exact certifications that they will accept, but I've set up a program for the students who've taken my course. I have a program um, in our company that allows our students to order from us to get the panel in case they can't get an account with the lab just so they can still access it. But the truth is a lot of places dispense these online. There's a lot of third-party companies that will just allow anyone to just buy it off the website. So in the end, like anyone can really get it. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I'm sure probably a lot of people will be curious about that. So, and then just going back to the question about once you have somebody's results, do you find when you're working with somebody, what do your recommendations look like? I know you probably don't want to give like specifics, but do you give any food recommendations? Is it mostly supplements? Is it kind of a mixture of that and lifestyle factors or what all is really involved in that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say it's a mixture. And in the end, it really depends on, well, you know, what the panel looks like. For some people, we just need to do basic support where other people, it's like so bad that you're like, oh my God, we need to like bring in like the kitchen sink, right? But I recommend to my students that they try to work with the client and, you know, in an intake, asking that person like, do you get easily overwhelmed? Do you like to take supplements? Like that sort of thing. Cause some people don't want to take a lot of supplements and that's fine. And there's other ways that we can go about supporting it in terms of, you know, diet and lifestyle. We also recommend mineral foot baths because you can absorb a lot of those minerals through the skin. So we can work that sort of way if people don't want to take a lot of supplements, but you know, I've had clients who get like supplement FOMO and they're like, I want all the supplements. I want everything. I have a big budget for supplements. Like let's go. So I always try to base it on that. We try to work with food as much as possible. You know, those sort of uh, basics as much as possible. We we really want to optimize diet and lifestyle as always. But, you know, I think ultimately, you know, we're working with a deficient food supply. And even if we're eating the healthiest organic homegrown diet on the planet, like we're probably still lacking specific minerals. So um, supplementation can be really helpful. That is a really good point. And actually something I'm curious about in my own chart. And because I've been let's say 98% (laughs) plant-based for like a year and a half. By looking at my chart, is that something that you, without knowing me, would be able to pull out? Like that's something I've always been a little bit concerned about. Am I still 
getting the right amount of minerals and nutrients with a primarily plant-based diet. Um, I think you mentioned something about B12, so that could be related, but is there anything Mm -hmm. else or does it otherwise look? Yeah. So there's a few things that like, you know, without knowing you're plant-based, I wouldn't be able to pull out. Like that's why the health history is so important. But now knowing that you're plant-based based on your intake, there's a few things that I can tell like might not be super optimal. Now your copper is actually trending just slightly high, but what's really interesting is that very slow metabolic pattern and that very high calcium it can actually be driven by copper toxicity. And when people are plant-based, just naturally, um, most plant foods are higher in copper and lower in zinc. So sometimes copper toxicity is just easier for people who are plant-based to pick up. And then that elevated copper can lower the potassium, which we're seeing. It can cause magnesium loss, which we're seeing, and it will drive calcium into the soft tissue and, and raise that calcium, which we're seeing as well. But that's not the only source of copper. You know, people can get exposed to copper through drinking tap water via having a history of birth control. Uh, There's a very interesting relationship between estrogen and copper, like I mentioned before, and any hormonal birth control, like the pill, the IUD, uh, the patch, the, I don't know, there's so many different types of birth control, but anything with synthetic estrogen in it can actually raise copper. And so can the copper IUD. So those can be other ways that people get exposed. But just that alone could tell me that That's why your copper might be trending high is due to plant-based. That high cobalt that we talked about before might indicate low stomach acid. And usually the thing about stomach acid is the only reason that we really need it is to digest protein. And ultimately when you're plant-based, you're going to be eating a lower protein diet, which means that you might not be stimulating your stomach acid as much that can actually lower your stomach acid. That might be part of it. The other thing to take note of is that high calcium magnesium ratio. It's actually called the blood sugar ratio and what can drive up calcium. And there's a lot of things that can drive up calcium, but part of what it could be is eating a lot of carbohydrates, which again, when you're plant-based, like you are eating a higher carbohydrate diet. If you're eating really healthy carbs, that might not be as much of an issue, but if you're eating a lot of more refined carbohydrates, like chips and rice and bread, that can actually drive up that calcium as well. Oh my gosh, this is just so fascinating. So I feel like I could just keep talking to you about this forever. And I'm sure, I'm sure I, everybody who's listening to this is probably the same way because we have a lot of nutrition nerds listening to the podcast. So you guys are into this, but let's talk a little bit more before we wrap up and I'll have you pimp yourself out, of course. But can you tell us just a little bit more about your HTMA certification course? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I created the course because people were asking me for it. But when I was trying to learn HTML, I took every course I could find online and like none of them actually taught me protocols. It was like, this is how you understand it. Now you're left to the sharks. And that really frustrated me. And there's this weird thing in the uh, HTMA industry where like the experts like don't want to teach protocols. It's very bizarre. I don't really get it. So I created the course to very much not only teach everyone the primary mineral patterns, how to recognize them, things like the slow metabolic type, the fast metabolic type, and all the other patterns, but also how to confidently create protocols based on the results. So you know actually what to do and what to recommend for your client. Um, so, so far we've had about, um, I think over a hundred practitioners come through the program and it's super fun to teach. And uh, we run it over about six weeks and yeah, really make sure that everyone gets the support they need um, so that they can feel like HTMA experts or HTMA bosses or whatever you want to say. I think that's so, it's such a cool thing to add to your practice if you are a nutritionist or health coach. And I think by the time this episode comes out, which I think will be the 29th, your enrollment will be open, right? 
It will be. Yeah. I think we're opening on the 28th. So it'll be okay, perfect. exactly when it opens. Sounds good. And if you guys are interested, I'm going to link to the URL of where to enroll in her course. I'm going to link to that in the show notes, but also I have a special coupon for the first five people who enroll. The coupon is unicorn 100. So it's going to get you $100 off her HTMA course price. So check that out. I'm so excited about this. And you also host your own podcast, right? I do. So, you know, on top of teaching health practitioners, the HTMA, um, I also do a lot of business coaching. Like Amy, I like to help other health coaches build their business. So me and my friend, Christine Hansen, she's my business bestie. We have our the 360 Help Biz podcast where we talk about all the nerdy marketing and business strategies to grow your online business. Amazing. So definitely go check that out, listen to it and follow Kendra at Kendra Perry Inc. But one more thing I need to know from you because I ask every guest this, what is something that you are currently obsessed with? Could be anything. Oh man. Well, right now I'm obsessed with The Bachelor. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Quick Bachelor talk. Who do you think, do you have a front runner in your mind? Who do you think is going to Oh man, I don't know. Like, I just have to say this. The first episode blew my mind. I was so excited to see Hannah B back. And I'm like, I really want her to win. She's my front runner. I have this feeling that she's going to come back at the end. But that second episode was so disappointing. It was so anticlimactic. And I was like, what? That's it? Yeah, I was very confused. I was like, did I miss something? Because it seemed like they were going to have a further discussion on if she was coming back or not. And then she was just kind of gone. So yeah, I'm I'm a little confused by that. Yeah, I felt very like let down. And I don't know. But I don't know. Every time The Bachelor comes on, like it is my guilty pleasure. Like I obsess over it. I watch the episode. And then I listen to all The Bachelor podcasts because I'm I'm ridiculous. Like I'm like, but you know what? It's like the one thing it just like shuts my brain off and it like Mm -hmm. helps me relax. (laughs) Well, I'm the same way. It's like when you're constantly learning and doing and creating, it's sometimes you just need that really mindless podcast or whatever it is. And I feel the same way. I love listening to those recaps. (laughs) I know It's so good, but I don't know. It's just, it's funny. I feel like the bachelor just, the contestants keep getting younger. Mm -hmm. So I mean, some of them are like 21. I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, either I'm getting older or they are getting younger, which I think they are getting younger. So they're definitely getting younger. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where can everybody go to connect with you? Yeah. The best place to connect with me is Instagram. That's where I'm always hanging out. It's just like Amy said, Kendra Perry Inc. And you send me a DM. I'll get back to you. If you have any questions about this episode, I'm happy to answer your questions. And I also hang out quite a bit on my YouTube channel. If you just search Kendra Perry, you'll find my channel. And I like to give lots of tutorials, like how to for business and marketing stuff for health coaches. Amazing. Yes. So go check her out all of the places. And if you guys liked this episode, definitely screenshot it and tag Kendra at Kendra Perry Inc. and me at Rebel Nutrition so that more people can find the podcast. Um, It really helps me grow, reach new people. And then also go check out Kendra's podcast. It's called 360 Health Biz Podcast. And thank you so much again for doing my hair tissue. um, Oh my God, I can't even say it. Hair tissue (laughs) mineral analysis and coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it so much. Yeah, no problem. It was super fun and I hope it was helpful. Definitely. Thank you. Bye.